Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of the Resilient Journey podcast sponsored by ClearRisk. I'm your host, Mark Hoffman, and today I'm joined by the Chief Strategy Officer for NX, Nazari Javtonetsky. I'm interviewing Nazari from his home in western Ukraine. The interview was taped on March 3, 2022, one week after Russian troops began their invasion of Ukraine. Nazari's company, NX is a software development company. They have 1,800 employees, with 1,000 in or around Lviv in the west, and the remainder were based in Kiev and Kharkiv, cities you've heard about in the news. Their story is one of resilience and action. It's impressive. It's worth listening to. And it starts in 30 seconds after this from ClearRisk. Navigating changes in the risk landscape can be daunting without access to the right tools. ClearRisk's centralized risk management solution streamlines the process of data collection and analysis, helping customers make impactful decisions and focus on big picture initiatives. ClearRisk provides a highly configurable, easy to use solution that gives our customers the confidence to inform decision-making and proactively optimize risk in their organizations. Effective risk management begins with data you can trust. Learn more at clearrisk.com. Nazari, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for taking time out of what's got to be a hectic schedule. I appreciate you and I appreciate you being here. Before we get too far into this, take a minute and tell us about your background and your role at NX. Thanks, Mark. Uh, thank you for hosting me here. It's a pleasure to, to be able to speak uh, to your audience. Um, well, uh, I joined NX as CFO in, back in 2011 and worked as CFO for, uh, I think, five or six years and then uh, switched to Chief Strategy Officer role. Uh, we are a private company and uh, I'm helping uh, to manage the whole company, uh, supervising uh, wide range of different departments, ranging from legal all the way into marketing, uh, and also working on company strategy. Uh, so that's briefly about, about my role. Now, obviously, the entire world has eyes on Ukraine right now, and, and you're getting support, um, not only emotionally, but obviously through various means from different countries. And you have our respect and uh, we've been watching with admiration. We'll get to the work-related stuff in a minute, but tell everyone about what your life has been like in the last week um, since this all began. Uh, well, it's, it even began earlier because uh, before the war started, we had really like surreal situation uh, where there was a big... Uh, information flow regarding the possible invasions. There were a couple of dates named by, by the U.S. presidents. While uh, we in Ukraine, people did not believe that, uh, that the war is going to happen, especially in the way it, it started. Uh, but yeah, when it began, it it was um, quite strikingly to, to, to understand that uh, the invasion started and uh, started in this most... Uh, uh, wide scale way uh, because uh, I think one week before this conflict we expect there would be something on the bus uh, where we had uh, this eight years of war uh, but it started with Kyiv, it started with um, invasion from the south as well so uh, it was quite 
uh, I would say, uh, quite uh, hard uh, recognition of what happened. But uh, anyway, um, after the Maidan protests, so we understood that uh, uh, we are not that afraid in Ukraine, so we can fight. And that's what we started to do uh, immediately. Obviously, the army picked up the fight and uh, people were quite organized in what they were doing, started to help army immediately to help themselves and so on. So now we we have all the situation when everyone is doing what, what he needs to do, either on workplace or somewhere in the military. And of course, uh, watching the news uh, because you, you, you cannot be away from, from this um, information flows. Uh, you're always nervous looking what's what's happening now. Yeah. Luckily, the, the infrastructure of the country is still not damaged. Uh, so we have internet, electricity, etc. In, in most parts of the country, except for these immediate war zones. Um, uh, so if, if you are not in, for example, Kharkiv or Kherson, you are able to live more or less uh, the same life, but of course it's not the same. Now, Enix has offices in Kiev and in Western Ukraine. But Kiev is obviously more central and it's a main target. And as part of your business continuity plan, you've relocated staff to the West. Tell us about that process and about your team, which I have to you know, <laughs> admire. They've remained engaged and ready to work. How did you accomplish all of that, the moving and keeping the team engaged? Well, so uh, luckily our company was founded in Lviv uh, back in 2002. Uh, so uh, out of uh, 1,800 staff, uh, we, uh, 1,000 were already in Lviv, based in Lviv. Mm -hmm. uh, some, some companies had uh, worse time because some, there are some very good companies founded in Kharkiv, so they had to evacuate most of the staff, right? Um, we actually were thinking about relocations earlier because of those warnings. And I think maybe two weeks before the invasion, uh, we uh, even uh, set up a company bonus that we pay to the employee if, if he or she relocates to Western Ukraine or abroad. And <laughs> guess how many people <laughs> subscribe? Uh, only one person. Uh, recruited from Kharkiv uh, because, as I mentioned, uh, people did not believe uh, that that those events will indeed happen. Uh, really? So, so when the only one person out of around 800? 800, maybe less, because some of them are based in central and western Ukraine, just not in the major cities, so whatever. Like sure. Out of 500 people, only one recruiter from Kharkiv uh, decided to relocate at that time, even having the bonus uh, sets, uh, because... Um, you, you have you have your family, you have your life, uh, right. and uh, simply because there is some warnings, uh, political warnings, uh, you're probably not not that willing to move. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I need to say that uh, when everything started, um, it's around seven o'clock in the morning because the war started at around four or five, at five, I think. So I wrote the message to the clients that we're in the state of war, and obviously we put the safety of our employees first. So. Our main focus uh, for this day, next days, are the safety of the people. Uh, and uh, people started to move because uh, it was early morning. Uh, so most of the movement was done by people themselves on their cars, public transport, which is good. Uh, they, they didn't wait for our buses or stuff like that. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, this, the, the, this, I think, is how the thing should be. So what we focused on as a company was to establish the uh, uh, sort of receipt center in Lviv. And this was one of the, our office premises. Uh, so we sent communication to the people that if you're coming to Lviv, uh and you don't have where to go because some people had some relatives in the mountains in the west ukraine whatever so they knew where they were going it's easier than uh, for people who were going into sort of nowhere uh, we asked them to come to our Lviv office and there was uh, 24 hours and there is still unfortunately uh, 24 hours reception uh, so we uh, take these people into the office uh, feed them give them something warm to drink, uh, provide some basic uh, psychological help, uh, and then uh, help them to find uh, accommodation. So we have some, we had some pre-booked accommodations. So for those people who don't have, don't, don't have where to go, so we provide accommodations. Uh, so this is actually how it looked like. Uh, th- those staff that was engaged in this uh, reception, it was our employees from administrative department. Uh, uh, of course, there was a huge level of commitment from them. So they did uh, as much as they can. Uh, they had shifts between them and, and they did really heroic work. Uh, so the majority of our company moved and settled uh, until Sunday evening. Uh, afterwards, some people still left, and then uh, we evacuated them uh, more, like uh, with more activities from the company. Uh, so uh, we have buses sending in, in, into Kharkiv and Kyiv, uh, uh, trying to find these people, evacuate them, or coordinate them be- between themselves uh, because the situation become worse. So some roads were cut. Uh, uh, there was big panic in those cities that I mentioned, especially in Kharkiv. Uh, Sume. Uh, we had some people in the south as well. In Kyiv, uh, it was also probably panic, but uh, uh, but it was a bit easier. Uh, so the second stage of evacuation, uh, which was like uh, Monday, Tuesday, uh, we provided uh, more, more transport facilities and more attention care to the people who left there. Hmm. Some people still left, and some did the, the voluntary decision to stay. Uh, but almost all of our, our people are here. Uh, so as soon as, as we gathered, I mean, in, in Monday morning, the HR department made uh, uh, individual cross-company communication, who is where, just that we understand who is already in safe zone and can work or cannot work, but is already in safe zone, who is still in Kharkiv. Uh, so they did it quite fast. Um, yeah, this is how it went. I have a bunch of follow-up questions uh, coming out of that because it's um, quite an undertaking. You know, there's a, there's a lot of moving parts there. First, uh-huh. how did you maintain communication with all of those people? Did, did you use some kind of a, a communications tool? Was it all done by company email? How did you stay in touch with everyone? Uh, there were different communication channels. Uh, so first of all, we made some company-wide email uh, distribution. Uh, then uh, we create a special chart. Uh, we're using uh, Workplace, this Facebook product, internally. Uh, so, so we made a couple of Workplace charts dedicated to particular cities like uh, NX in Kharkiv, for example, right? Okay. And then, uh, because uh, it is obligatory in our company to store uh, phone numbers, uh, basic contact information, and also uh, contact of, of, of some close person, like relative or so on, in our system. Actually, it's... it's driving from our uh, BCP planning and so on. Uh, so uh, our HRs, they, they had the contact of everyone and on Monday they called each each of the person by phone. 
luckily, as I mentioned, the uh, telecommunications are working normally in, in Ukraine, so it was possible. That's uh, very well done. Now, maybe a bit of a sensitive question, but uh, have you accounted for everyone, or do you still have people that are unaccounted for? Um, from what I know, most uh, there may be some very individual exceptions, but from what I know, uh, we accounted for everyone. That's excellent. Well done. And the logistics of the reception area that you set up in your office in Lviv, a, a lot to put together very, very quickly there as well. Talk about that. I didn't visit the office because I'm living in the suburb and there are blog posts in the city, so it's quite a big queue to get to the city. Uh, actually, by the way, there are pictures in Wall Street Journal uh, yesterday, we had a reporter from, from the newspaper. Uh, yeah, but um, there are open spaces in the office so that there are some places for people to sleep, just temporary, uh, because there is still accommodation in the, in the region, in the area. So it was used only like for one night's sleep or something like that. Uh, the level of commitment. From... Yeah, but by the way, just just, um, uh, just yeah. also to follow up, another side. So uh, what we were not pos- uh, what was not possible to execute is to evacuate people to Poland, uh, because I think after around 24 hours, the government closed the border uh, for mm. uh, all the male people. Right. Uh, so we were able, only, apart from some exceptions who were quite fast, <laughs> uh, we uh, were able to evacuate only a few male employees. But what is also important is that uh, big amount of male employees, they uh, evacuated their families, uh, which uh, eased this emotional burden. So they understand that they're in, in safe conditions. It's easier for them to live here and work. Uh, but uh, yeah, generally, uh, most of our companies now invest in Ukraine. We have maybe 100 people abroad, or a bit, a bit more, mainly in Poland. Uh, and uh, from, from the good side, as I mentioned, the infrastructure is uh, in operations. So on Monday, I sent message to customers that we are trying to maintain 75% at least level of service delivery. And actually, one customer replied me in a day, a big British energy company, that they have 94% of service delivery level. So I got very proud of my engineers. Yeah, I was first introduced to you through one of my clients. And your company is, is a major contributor. You provide very important services for them. And I saw your updates prior to the conflict and then practically every day since the conflict has, has begun. And before I get to my question, I, I just have to tell you, and I told you this offline, I do crisis communications and crisis management for a living, and you, sir, have done it right. You are the epitome of resilience. And I, so let me just take a minute and explain to the listeners what your updates are like. They start with an update on the situation in Ukraine in general. This is what's happening related to the invasion. Then you talk about the people, the situation at NX, and then you get into uh, your operations. It's so impressive. It's detailed. And I, I have just been so impressed by it. So talk about your approach to communicating with your customers throughout the crisis and why that's so important. It's indeed important. It's extremely important because um, our company does not have this large uh, ordinary teams of engineers. So uh, we normally have a team of around 30 people. They are very senior uh, from their skills level, and they focus on the tasks that are critical for our customers. Uh, and Phoenix works with lots of big multinational companies on, on, on products. They 
they use or sell globally. Um, so obviously the customer has the right to be informed uh, uh, what's going on in Tenix because they have a lot of stake in us uh, and we understand it. Uh, regarding this communication, uh, it actually started in COVID <laughs> times. Uh, when, when the pandemic uh, mm-hmm. broke, uh, it was obviously a big unknown for everyone <laughs> what's happening, right? Right. And um, so we initiated this communication, centralized communication line to our customers uh, to explain how people are switching uh, from office based into remote base, uh, uh, how stable is our company, uh, all the things like that. And later when things stabilize it, uh, market went booming, we were growing like 50% per year. Uh, I kept this uh, communication, made it once per quarter uh, in order to provide some uh, information on company strategy, what our key strategy focuses, like, for example, data and analytics or cloud migration or establishment in uh, Central Europe in other countries like Poland, Uh, informing customers about our major deliveries, some success story with with, uh, certain customers, uh, uh, mentioned some featuring in Forrester, uh, analytical companies, some awards that we have won. Uh, there was obviously some marketing part. <laughs> uh, but uh, when uh, the war started, even before the war started, when um, this information started to circle that there may be a war, uh, I used this uh, channel back <laughs> to, the, to its roots uh, to the mean of, of crisis communication. Um, so in, in this communication, I, I started with the environment. Uh, the, the, the country level, so what's going on and how it impacts our company. Yeah. Uh, also, um, uh, then I continue with uh, with what our company is doing. Uh, for example, prog- progress of evacuation right now, also on. Uh, and yeah, and then I switch to some practical question of, of this day, or a week of communication, like for example, I don't f- fast billing, uh, something like that. Right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm writing it myself. Uh, so it's not a junior employee marketing department doing this, uh, which is good because uh, as a company senior manager, I, I know all the information circulating in the company. Uh, so it's not some generic statements. Uh, I, I know what information to provide and I can do it fast. Uh, and I, I think this is something that customers like. Uh, and when I send this message uh, at 7 a.m. Uh, when the war started, so I received like 300 messages, supportive messages from the customers, uh, which I was not able to even uh, respond to because of this hectic schedule that started. But I'm, I'm extremely uh, grateful and appreciate all the support. So we, we have really a huge uh, level of support from our customers, I would say. Yeah, and I, I, I can speak to that too, because again, one of my clients is one of your customers and um, I've been involved in meetings with your team and I've been so impressed with them. And uh, in one meeting, I said to them, um, and I hated to ask the question, but I said, let's talk a little bit about worst case scenarios and what if this deteriorates further? And they had such a positive response to it. And they said, we don't really want to address worst case scenarios. This is where we are right now. And this is the work we're doing. And it's our goal to continue to work at that level and to provide that service. Um, And they didn't dodge the question. I'm not getting into the specifics of it here because I don't think it's appropriate to do it. But they handled it really well. Talk about how proud you are of not only your staff, but your entire country right now? 
Well, I'm extremely proud. Uh, so uh, I would say that Putin did not gain anything important in the north. Uh, I mean, the, 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 they are bombing the, the, the cities, the residential areas, but from from uh, from the map point of view, they didn't get any any major settlement. And in the south, uh, they probably won uh, today some. Uh, regional, so provincial, central, but still, the progress is quite slow, and it's uh, very much because uh, it's partly because uh, Putin probably and the world overestimate the power of Russian military. But uh, the main uh, the main reason is is the resistance of of, the, of our country and of our people. That, that, that's for sure. Uh, some some of our employees decided to volunteer into the army, but. Um, uh, apart from those who had military experience, we don't have much of them. Uh, other people, uh, they they were rejected because uh, uh, you can now only get to the army when you have military background because there is a big demand and they enroll only people with, with experience. So uh, there is a big movement inside the country to defend the country. So I'm extremely proud. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and rightfully so. Now, I mentioned uh, your excellent communications heading into the conflict before the war started. And it seemed to me at that time, and looking through the eyes of your customers, that you were pretty well prepared for this. But what have you learned about your own continuity planning? Maybe some things that caught you by surprise, something you hadn't thought of, or something that was maybe harder to accomplish than you thought it would be? Uh, I Probably would start from some positive things, if you may. <laughs> yeah, that's and you know what? A typical Ukrainian response, and I love it. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, so I learned two things positive because I understand you working in for security and broader security domains. So, so to, to share some experience, so I start to sharing some positive experience first. I love uh, it. So, what I understand that there are two things that are very important. Um, one is like it's a good team and another one is a culture and let me get maybe more deep into that so uh yeah, and, and both of them uh, you need quite a big time to build it so you cannot switch to emergency mode immediately if you neglect lots of things before uh so the critical factor for success of the company was that we had right people in the right places um and uh, uh, when crisis starts, uh, then they execute immediately what, what uh, they need. And they know the environment, they know the colleagues, uh, uh, everybody in the company know them. So if you have a well-built team, uh, which works for years, uh, it's really easy for this team to pass even the hardest time. Uh, so uh, another thing is culture. Uh, of of uh, of the security of the response. So, uh, for example, financial security is important point. So we uh, when we had Yanukovych and then Russia attacked uh, Crimea and Donbass. So we established foreign entities to um, uh, receive money from the customers, store them in uh, Western banking system, and then send to Ukraine, for example, and use uh, legislative system of, of Europe and the US. So, and it helps now because uh, now we understand that our money are safe. We can pay the salaries uh, on time. Now we uh, opened Pioneer Bank accounts for the employees just in case uh, at certain period it will not be possible. I hope it will. But anyway, we have the contingency here. Uh, but uh, we, our money are safe, for example. Uh, why I'm telling this because you need time to do that. Uh, 
yeah. to establish entities, uh, sign customer contracts, uh, pass audits, uh, establish banking relationships. So, so it really takes time. Again, from information security point of view, uh, we passed uh, uh, ISO certification 27. I forgot the, the digits, but it's information security sure. in 2017. And um, Despite we have this certification for a couple of years, we are now more mature than we were in 2017. Uh, the, the, the good team and the properly built culture for a long time, uh, it's, it's a key success factors, I would say. Uh, the main thing which did not go uh, as we, I don't know if I can say planned, because there are multiple scenarios and stuff like that. But right. as of now, we, we did not uh, move people to Poland that much because the border is closed for male employees. Uh, as I mentioned, luckily, we can deliver from here and maintain right. quite a good level of service. But this is something where we are not able to execute, right? That's very interesting. And, and, and it's normal because you, you cannot do everything. Like, as I mentioned, this uh, this process, if we would say, uh, guys, please wait for our buses uh, because we have some BCP provision number 5.12 that you wait for our buses, it's probably it's just not a good idea. <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. You have, to, you have to adjust on the fly. But the more important thing is exactly what you said, and that is that pre-planning, having that culture in place so that it's part of the DNA of the organization. It's not just, yeah, I think we have a business continuity plan. It's not about a plan. It's about the culture. And I, and I love what you said there. All right, I'm going to get you out of here on this. If you could say one thing as a proud Ukrainian to the rest of the world, what would you tell us? Uh, first of all, it's, uh, it's a big worth of uh, appreciation because, uh, you know, in 2014, Put into Crimea and then started the war in Donbass, the response from the world was quite weak. There were some deeply concerning statements from, from the Western leaders, but some sanctions for some Russian colonel, uh, they rejected visa for someone, but I mean, nothing happened. So now we really see that the worst is doing everything apart from fighting here physically. Uh, uh, so we really appreciate that. And uh, as I mentioned, I received 300 emails, supportive emails from, from the customers and none of the customer left us. So yeah, we, we right. really appreciate the support that we get. You mentioned that you haven't lost any uh, customers. As a matter of fact, I saw in one of your updates that customers are even offering to pay early, uh, which you said, no, 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 that's not necessary. Pay on time. We appreciate that. But you know that just talks about the relationship you have with your customers. So well done. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Nazari, thank Thanks. you so much for being a guest and taking the time out of this crazy schedule for you. Um, Thanks a lot for, for hosting me. Yeah. Whatever you do, please stay safe and, and be well. Thanks a lot. Good. Good, good. A very special thanks to Nazari Zhovtanetsky for joining us from his home in Western Ukraine. What an incredible story of resilience in the midst of chaos all around him. I want to thank ClearRisk for sponsoring the Resilient Journey. We've done a number of demos of the new ClearRisk BCP module, and if this is something you'd like to learn more about, feel free to reach out. Next week, we continue our conversation about things that keep us up at night as we chat with Dr. Samantha Montano about climate change and its impact on business. So join us, won't you, as we continue our Resilient Journey.